Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined as usual by Chris and Obi. Uh, this is going to be our uh, superhero discussion. Um, we've watched a bit more of a broad spectrum of superhero films other than just the MCU. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll get into it. Um, first of all, how are you guys finding lockdown? I'm all good, man. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I thought, because it was mental health week, mental health week, I thought I'd check on you guys earlier in the week to see how everyone was doing. But me personally, I'm all, I'm all right. Well, that's cute. Yeah, I was going to post something, because obviously I'm a, I'm a mental health first aider. I was going to post something on Instagram. But, like, I've actually set app restrictions on my phone. Like, obviously you can get random. But, like, I'm trying not to use my phone as much because I feel like this time, even though I'm fine with the lockdown, I'm always gauged to go towards my phone kind of thing. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I I deleted Twitter quite a while ago. Well, I mean the app, not unless I didn't deactivate my account, but um, because I was just, you know, I'd find that I would just open the app, read through the nonsense people spout on Twitter close it and then like five minutes later i find myself opening it again and mm. you know like i don't ever post anything you know we put we post on our kind of podcast twitter feed when we release a new episode but we're not particularly active um so yeah it's, it's been quite nice not having to just idly browse twitter and see who arsenal are linked with every five seconds but yeah so what, what does a mental health first aider involve entail well it i did like a two-day course like learning about different mental health uh issues and then how you deal with it it's like not necessarily like i think one of the key things was like uh when you're listening to someone else's problem they don't necessarily want to hear you say oh yeah something similar happened to me because then you're like directing the problem away from them so okay. like they were just saying like you got to focus on that person try and help them in the best way you think possible and there was loads of bits i've got like a whole booklet and then it's like at work we have like a bi-weekly or every three week meeting with all the mental health first aiders throughout the company okay no, that's quite that's quite a good you know useful um kind of yeah. string, string to have i think it's important in workplaces well apparently every company is going to have to have it by well i don't know if it's changed now but every company is going to have to have a certain amount by things like 2023 or something okay hmm. yeah I, I might look into that um yeah i'm normal first aid trained but yeah, that's the one I do but that's the other one i want to do but i can't uh they haven't got any spots for it at work mm. It's tough. You got to, when you're doing CPR, you have to push so far down that you can actually break people's ribs. Mm. Yeah. Like, what? I'm not getting it done for GBH. Mm. But um, trying to link mental health to superheroes. Um, this is just something that's popped into my head. So, you know, I don't expect you to think of loads of examples. But do you find that often villains in superhero films? Um, are linked to, you know, some sort of mental health condition. So I'm thinking, like, the Joker, he's, you know, they say, oh, he's, he's mad, but 
you know, does he actually have like a, a personality disorder or does it, you know, are, are there links between like villainy and a non, I don't know the right terminology, but like a, a, a non-typical mental health state? I'm thinking also like, I don't know, there's always something like ma- maniacal about them. What, what do you guys think? Um, I think you've definitely got a point. Um, and when you said Joker, I thought of, I was thinking, can I think of another example? I was thinking of um, Zemo from Captain America 2. Because I reckon he suffered from depression from losing okay. his family. And I reckon that caused him to go on all tours revenge shit. Yeah. Uh, I do think there is a link there. Um, obviously Harley not Quinn. all links. Say again? Harley Quinn. Yeah, exactly. Pardon, Chris? Harley Harley Quinn's one's so bizarre. Because she goes from, like, um, someone who looks at someone's psychologically anyway to them being psychologically damaged herself, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you can find kind of trauma links with, like, Magneto from his origin in, like... um, uh, the concentration camps and stuff but do you think that's quite a a negative kind of portrayal to have because obviously you know in this kind of modern day and age it's you know uh, mental health is is less stigmatized than it used to be um so is it is it kind of appropriate now to have villains who are villains purely because of some kind of mental health condition they might have uh is it appropriate? That's a good question. Um, probably not. But I think the, the best villains come from the ones who are slightly like deranged, <laughs> for lack of a better yeah. word. Even Thanos then, like is nuts, <laughs> but he was a yeah. great villain. Do you know what I mean? But, but, he's crazy. but then can, you can separate Thanos's kind of megalomania from like a mental health condition. Mm. You know, you can be evil without needing to. You know, you could be psychopathic, mm. which I guess is a more kind of stigmatized trait. But if you if you're just evil because you you're depressed or you've got bipolar or something, you know that I guess that's quite a, a difficult thing to portray right. nowadays. Um, do you think they did it quite well in Joker with Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal? I think it, I think they did it brilliantly, yeah. Because I thought you. I mean, I sort of do feel a little bit of sympathy for him, but I guess you know, obviously, you can't condone any of the stuff he does. But yeah, you also can't, thought... can't also condone the way people tra- treated him, though, because like, even though at the end you find out why he's mentally, uh, why he's been mentally affected because of his mother or whoever she is, um, like the people around him treat him so differently because he's different, and that is a yeah. big like. Yeah. Like, exclamation mark on life really like this this does happen in real life and there are different social classes that more i don't know if it's so much so in, in the uk but it does show like a social distance between people like they show the working class to the i guess not working class i don't i don't know how you differentiate it but yeah yeah and if it, and kind of arguably um arthur fleck is is, is not the hero, but he's not really the villain of it until kind of partway through. I mean, obviously, we know that he does become the Joker and therefore is villainous, but 
you know, like you're saying, he, he gets mistreated by a lot of people who are arguably like villainous. And yeah. then like society is the, the one causing him to be a villain. Yeah. Uh, I think his is a little different though, in the fact that he he kind of takes the brunt of it a lot to begin with. And then it kind of there's like a turn event where if his friends or his family do it to him, it mentally affects him a lot more mm. from my remembrance of it. Yeah. Well, the, the scene where he's in the um, subway carriage and then ends up shooting the three um, Wayne Enterprise kind of employees. Um, I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix, but there's a true crime series about, um, I think it's called Trial by Media. It's all about like different um, true crime cases that were, kind of affected or um the media sort of influenced the way it went um and there's a similar kind of story where a, a guy who was had been mugged before was therefore carrying a gun on a train and um four youths um according to him were like demanding money of him and then he shot them um which sort of reminded me of the Joker scene because it's sort of like, you know, society picking on someone causes them to do something. But then this, the guy who shot the the four youths in, in real life, he was sort of, a lot of people were like, yeah, you're standing up for yourself. It's the Second Amendment or whatever. You know, they're like, you know, NRA are all over it. Um, so he was sort of heroic to a lot of people in that sense. So, you know... Um, I guess it's a fine line between self-defense and villainy. Mm. But I guess, Obi, you you were watching DC films, were you? I was. So do you want to talk us through which ones you you watched, what you thought of them, um, how they compare to, like, your favourite superhero films? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I watched, I watched a few. I watched... Um... I rewatched Dark Knight Rises for the first time since it first came out. Okay. Um, which is actually a better film than I give it credit for. Um, okay. But the the um, the only thing that I don't like about it is that there's not really there's not really much action in it. I think anyway, it's a lot of like planning and plotting, and Batman's got to get out of the hole and all that, which is great. But in terms of like actually fighting, I think he fights Bane twice. First fight, he gets fucked up, which is quite, which is hilarious, by the way. Um, and my, my, I asked a question on, on Twitter. I was like, who, who took the worst beating, Hulk versus Thanos or, or Batman versus Bane? <laughs> what <laughs> did people say? But um, two people said, um, two people said Hulk. One person said Batman. I think Batman got got beat at worst, to be honest. But yeah, I'm trying to find that and retweet it. Brutal fight, wasn't it? Say again. That was a that was a proper brutal fight that one. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was proper iconic that that scene as well because that was like straight from the comics. Yeah, and it's always like says like I was born in the darkness, molded by it, etc., etc. Um, Did you find what? Bane's voice really annoying, or is it was it all right? No, not really. You know, not really. Um, I thought it, I thought it was right. I actually quite liked his voice because it's easy to try, try and m- m- mimic as well, which is quite fun to try and mimic it. Go on then. <laughs> I found. I found myself doing it quite a lot whilst watching it. Go on then. No, I'm not going to do it. Oh. <laughs> I heard they changed it as well. Changed how? Like, to begin with, you couldn't really hear what he was 
saying, and then they changed it so it was a bit clearer what he was saying. Because uh, apparently when they first, I think it was first released, or maybe it was in the, what's the one where they show it, show it to a few people beforehand? Yeah, test screening. Yeah, they apparently couldn't understand a single word Bane was saying. So mm. apparently they had to make it clearer. Okay. I forgot as well how, like, one, how wham Tom Hardy got for that role. <laughs> he's bloody massive. And two, like, they did really, really well to make Bane look tall, like, really tall. Because Tom Hardy's, what, like, 5'9", maybe? Is he? I think so. He's quite, he's not, he's not tall. Oh. I mean, and, and uh, what's his name? Ben Affleck's, like, I'm sure Ben Affleck's quite tall. I'm Ben Affleck, Christian I'm not talking about Bale. Christian Bale, sorry. Christian Bale's quite tall. But they did really well to make him look mass, more massive than everybody else, like, in terms of, like, camera angles and stuff like that. So, yeah. According that was, um, to... According to Google, Christian Bale is almost a, almost ten centimeters taller than Tom Hardy, which is about four inches. So yeah. How tall? How tall is? So how tall is each of them? Tom Hardy's one point seven five meters, which I think is yeah. about what you said. Oh, no. And Christian yeah. Bale was one eight three. Four inches. Pardon? You just say ten centimeters is four inches. Yeah, two and a half centimeters is an inch, I think. Oh, yeah, it's 12 inches in Ruler, isn't there? That was about right. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and it's a good, yeah, to be, yeah, Dark Knight Rises, it's a good film. Um, and to be honest, I had a little secret agenda whilst I was watching it because I'm not the biggest fan of The Dark Knight. So I was kind of hoping <laughs> that I would watch The Dark Knight Rises and think that it's better than The Dark Knight. Unfortunately, it's not. But, you know. <laughs> uh, sipping your haterade. Hey, you, you two are too agenda-driven when you watch these films, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing is, though, the thing is, I'm not, though, because me, me, I don't like to be driven by other people's agendas. So when people tell me that a film is sick and, like, the best film ever, like, that's when I <laughs> go to a film thinking, okay, this is going to be great, and then it's not. And th- one of the first films that happened with is, was The Dark Knight, and the second film that happened with was Hangover. So uh, since then, I've, like, try to be agenda free whilst watching films because I don't I don't like to get people's opinions get into my head before I'm watching a film because then it either lowers or uppers or whatever my expectations drastically. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, what, what other films did you consult? I watched um the first two Supermen from the nineteen seventies or nineteen seventy eight and yeah, the second one bit, bit of, um, Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. asked that question, did you, in the group chat? Like, yeah, when, when, when was nudity kind of <laughs> a bit more to do? <laughs> so for a bit of context, yeah, I uh, in in uh, our group chat, I asked Glenn when films like um, got more strict in terms of like nudity in films. <laughs> and the reason I asked that is because in um, in the first Superman, they show uh, baby boy, um, what's his name, Clark Kent, in the, just that getting out of the spaceship after he crash lands in, on Earth. And it's just a little boy, maybe three, two, three, four years old, maybe. And he's just, his willy's just out, bruv. <laughs> just like, just like full frontal. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I'm not sure that would be quite as acceptable today. I don't know if it was acceptable back then, but. <laughs> if you saw how hard I was laughing when I saw. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? It's not like, obviously, nothing. 
nothing creepy or sinister happens in terms of like obviously Superman's PG whatever but I was just like this is weird like cause yeah. that, like you said that just wouldn't happen today like you wouldn't just have a child with his knob out like <laughs> oh dear so how were they um actually the first one the f- I think the first one's really really good um what, what's the, what's the storyline in the first and second one then that you watched um so the first one is basically just just your original superman origin story um and he has to stop it's you know superman returns um, yeah ex luther's evil plan was to like um sink uh was it california sink california and then create Lexland or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically the same plot as the first Superman. Same thing. Okay, uh, right. And then the second one is where he faces off against um, General Zod and his two underlings. Okay. Um, Does that is uh, gone? Do they do they lose their powers in that at the end? Uh, General Zod and his and his lot, yeah, they lose their power. Yeah, okay, because uh, that's quite that's meant to be quite an iconic scene, I think, where like Superman basically twists the hands of fate, doesn't he? And yeah, them, doesn't he? Yeah, film. he does. That actually caught me off guard because up, up to that point, I was thinking, wow, Superman's really, really dumb, really naive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then he flipped it on us. So I was like, okay, cool. He's actually not a fucking idiot, which is great. Um, <laughs> the first one is, I think, it's really good. I think. If I had to pick um, a uh, a person, a personality, or even looks wise, whatever, to be Clark Kent, Christopher Reeve is that guy. His Clark Kent is what I would imagine a Clark Kent to be. Clark Kent, so, yeah. Like, obviously, just look kind of goofy, kind of awkward looking. Do you know what I mean? Really well mannered and stuff, which is one of the things that um, I don't like about uh, what's it called, Man of Steel, is I think that Henry Cavill's Clark Kent isn't great. Superman's fine, but it's Clark Kent's not the best, I don't think. It's the same with like the um, whole Peter Parker Spider-Man thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, the first one I think is really good. It's really like wholesome, and it's like and it's funny as well. I think like the um, uh, Lex Luthor has like um, his a sidekick called Otis. Yeah, that, that guy he's, he's a, like a bumbling idiot, but he is so jokes. <laughs> I was laughing much more than I thought I would throughout that uh, throughout that film. It's, yeah, I, I think it's really good. Obviously, special effects and you know costumes aren't great, but it's you know it's 1978, so you can't really expect to, you can't expect a lot to be honest. But um, yeah, I, I really think, enjoyed it. You know, it's probably quite groundbreaking, isn't it, for like 78? Because I think you know CGI, I think was being obviously that they've used different camera techniques all throughout film to kind of um, try and create special effects, but like actual sort of computer-generated sort of stuff, I think, was starting around the Star Wars time, which mm. is, what, early, mid to early 70s. So it's probably, st- yeah, still, actually, okay, so a year before Superman then. So mm. I think they did use green screen, didn't they, and, like, superimpose yeah. the background. Um, they shot those two films back-to-back. Um, oh. I, don't, I don't know if that was evident, but... Um, uh, not also, really. Mar- Marlon Brando plays, like, um, Zod, doesn't well, he? Yeah. He he only shot his scenes in like ten days and and would refuse to learn his lines. I think he was a bit of a diva. But... That's jokes. He was good yeah. though. He put a, he put, he did a good performance. But um, yeah, man. I think I think Superman one's quite a bit better than Superman two. Superman two is kind of annoying, if I'm being honest. Um, I just didn't really. I think I think the guy who plays General Zod is overacts 
quite a bit. Like his um his menacing he has tries to have quite a menacing tone and it gets quite grating, to be honest with you. Um mm. and also Superman so they spend like a good couple minutes. Have you have you two seen it by the way? Sorry. No, I've not seen any of the uh, old ones. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, cool. So uh, maybe you can make sense of this to me then, Chris. So in Superman two, um he falls in love with Lois Lane. Lois Lane finds out his identity. They go to the, um, what's it called? Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. And then he gets a com- like one of them computer images of his mum. His mum says, do you love this woman? He says, yeah. She says, okay. So I assume in order to protect her and yourself, whatever, you have to give up your powers so you can be just a human. And you can never, she says, says flat out, you can never return. These powers will never come back. They will be gone forever. He says, sweet. Gets rid of his powers. <laughs> he gets rid of his Does powers. He actually say sweet. <laughs> well, no, obviously. Not. Okay. <laughs> he says. He says, "Cushy, bruv, cushy." Cool fan. He's, a, yeah. he's like, "Yeah, sweet." Gets rid of his powers. Then they have sex. Then. Oi, oi. He goes, he, said yeah. PG, mate. <laughs> he, <laughs> he goes to a um. He goes to a diner. Gets beaten up. Mm-hmm. Through being an idiot, to be honest. But he gets beaten up, whatever. Um, then, obviously, General Zod's about, and he's fucking up every, every, all the towns and that. And then, so he's like, oh, I have to go back. So he goes back to the Fortress of Solitude, and then finds one of his, like, crystals, and then suddenly he's Superman again. And I was like, what? You just said that he couldn't never be Superman ever again. Then there's no explanation of how he got it back again. There was no, like, oh, you can never be Superman again unless you find another one of these crystals lying about. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That just pissed me off. I'm not going to lie. Uh, no, I can't, yeah. I, can't, I can't give you an answer to that. I know, like, in the series and stuff, they explain, like, the crystals have... Is it? The crystals, different crystals do different things or if they put in different ways, they do different things. But how would Superman know that? That's what... Mm. That, that doesn't really explain it. No, it's a bit, that is a bit of a plot hole, to be fair. So... Obviously, there's the 70s 70, Superman, there's Superman Returns, there's Man of Steel, and then I guess you can include things like Smallville. Um, uh, and Lois and Clark, thank you very much. Okay, and Lois and Clark. Um, that but, thing was sick back in the day. That thing was sick. Also, just was quickly. That anima- was that animated? No, real people. No, it was real people. Uh, just mate, quickly as well. Um, they're bringing out a new Superman and Lois TV show as well on the CW. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, really? Is that the same actors as in um, the Flashverse or whatever they call it? Yes. Okay. Do they do the and origin they... story in the CW shows as well? Of Superman? What, of Superman? Well, yeah. Superman, I mean, they, don't, they haven't got a series about Superman, so how could they do the origin? Well, he appears in some of the shows, doesn't he? Yeah, they don't really... They kind of, obviously, they reference it, but they don't really... They never really show it. Okay. Yeah. My question got... is then... Oh. Sorry, Chris. Uh, my question is, is, like, out of all of those different film series where they do the Superman origin, what, which one does it best and what elements of it make that the best? Because, obviously, you know, CGI has improved so much since the 70s, but is it more, like, a character-driven thing? Like, do they do the origins in slightly different ways? Like, what, what can you kind of pick out from that? Um... So of so Superman Returns, they don't show his origin story. Um, it kind of just goes straight in. But I think it's supposed to be a continuation of super, from Superman 2. Um, oh, okay. So 
I suppose the only two I've really got to compare is Superman and Man of Steel, from what I've seen anyway. Um, I think Man of I think Man of Steel is more impressive. Obviously, it's hard because uh, looking at it visually, obviously, obviously, I'm more impressed by Man of Steel. Um, I think that the the origins of Superman becoming like obviously growing as a human um, is better in Man of Steel, only for the fact that in Superman 1, um, Superman's kind of, or Clark Kent at the time, he's a teenager, he's kind of just like showing off as a, uh, his like super speed and whatnot. And then his dad tells him not to show off. We can't tell people who you are, blah, blah, blah. He says, fine. He walks away. His dad has a heart attack, dies. And then Superman, um, Superman a couple years later finds the crystal in his shed and then says, oh, I have to go. He goes to the Fortress of Solitude and then the vision of Jor-El tells him, you need to become Superman. So then he just leaves. He goes to where, I don't know where he goes, but he goes somewhere for 12 years, comes back and he's Superman. I think it's, it's more nuanced in um, Man of Steel in that he could have saved his dad, but his dad knew that the world wouldn't be ready to see Superman yet. So he says, no, let me die. Um, if you guys remember that scene, he dies in like, the tornado and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which so I think I prefer that one quite a bit more. And also in Superman, I'm sorry, in Man of Steel, he doesn't just fuck off for 12 years and then come back and suddenly <laughs> Superman. It kind of like develop, he develops into Superman, you know? So I would say I prefer Man of Steel's uh, origin story, so to speak. Okay. Chris, what about you? Obviously, you've watched Smallville and that, that takes like a real, like, long form approach to it. Yeah. Um, how does that differ or are there quite a lot of similarities uh it's a massive difference because um like obviously from the get-go clark knows he's different to everyone else and he's he keeps it hidden but his dad's in the series for i think five or six seasons uh starts with him and lex being good mates as well uh and he doesn't quite know his alien origin till Maybe it is season one. I, I mean, it's been a, quite a while since I've watched it. But, like, they have the spaceship and they keep it for ages. And then there's all these different things throughout the series where he develops into knowing his origin. And I believe, and I could be wrong, but his dad, his real dad, doesn't want him to be a superhero. But I think wants him to... Uh, I'm going to say something that's wrong here. I feel like his dad wants him to like be not a hero, but like the being of the of that of that world. Like he's strong enough to be like above everyone else, kind of thing. What, like a god. I, I think so. I could be I could be chatting absolute bumbreeze, but for some reason that, <laughs> that comes to mind in my head. Chris, yeah. When you say his dad, do you mean John Kent or Jor-El? Jor-El. Okay. John, John Kent wants him to stay hidden, do everything by the book. Uh, his his dad, his, John Kent, won't insist that because Clark Kent wants to play uh, American football, and John's like, you can't, and and Clark's like, but I can control my powers, and he's like, what if one day you can't, and you hit someone a bit too hard, they could die, and he actually has that, it actually does happen, but I think luckily for him, the other person has powers as well, and they don't actually die. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting though. It is um it does I mean obviously it gets a bit it gets a bit long at times. And like you've obviously got Lionel Luther come in and you've got like 
who's Lex Luthor's dad, and you've got his mum, who like is good mates with like Lex Luthor's dad, and yeah, all sorts happen. And you've got like you don't see Lois Lane pretty much till the last two. Like she's you see her, but you don't have her in it as a main until like season eight, nine, ten. So okay, but they do they do do a mini snippet of like the Justice League though. They have like Kid Flash, who is the Flash, Green Arrow, Aquaman. I think it's Cyborg. So yeah, it, it does do the whole thing, but you never see him fully in the cape. I don't think in the series. Is that quite or you, frustrating? Or do you see it at the very last episode? I think it's the very last episode, the last bit. I think it opens up his top. Oh, okay. Man, it is a little frustrating because he does have the he does have the S symbol. On a lot of his clothing, like he has this red leather jacket, which has it because he obviously knows it's the symbol of hope. And obviously, and also, what you have in the series is you have Christopher Reeves in it. Um, oh, really? As like this architectural, like know it all about alien technology, and he helps out Clark Kent in a few episodes, and until uh, until unfortunately he dies in real life, in which case, and in which they do a, um, in memory of Christopher Reeves bit at the end um and i also think the car the original clark and lois from the series are also in it as well i think as one's a villain and one's uh oh one's lois's mom and one's a villain okay they do do loads of throwbacks as well so is there still a place for origin stories of you know the well-trodden ones like batman superman do we need them? Like, you know, with, if they, you know, the Robert Pattinson Batman that's coming out, the any future reboots and remakes and all that, do we still need it? Do they still need to keep doing it for new audiences? Or is it so just overdone that would you rather, like, Superman was just Superman, Batman was just Batman? I think that I think we would still need it for, not for us, obviously, because we've seen it how many times over, but for the younger generation. Um, because even if you think like uh, if we go to like Batman Begins, um, for me that was the first Batman film I'd ever watched. I don't know about you two, but I imagine even then there was people saying, "Oh, we've seen this already. We've seen Batman 1989. We've seen Batman 1960, whatever." You know, so I think there's always going to be new people who haven't, who don't know anything. Not 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 know, not that they don't know anything, but they don't know like the proper origin stories of Batman and Superman. And also not everybody like that can be like your introduction to comic book films in general, you know? So I yeah. think it's important to still have, um, to know where these characters came from and like what they went through to get them to where they are kind of thing. Yeah. Fair enough. What other DC films did you... I just wanted to throw it out there. Oh. Right. Is, no, go on. I'm here. Okay. Um, I was going to say, like, I agree with Obes. I think we do need, like, the origin stories, but I think they need to be done a little bit differently because, like, I think Smallville did it really well, but, like, prolonged lots of stages of it, in mm. which case I don't think a lot of people could have followed it the whole way through. And then, like, parts that would really entice people would have been season 11, which got which went straight to comic, which is all about the Justice League and how he actually became Superman, like, properly. Mm. Uh, but, like, the modern-day age of like origin stories for like Batman, for example, like Gotham, I don't think it hits the nail on the head because like it's Batman too young. I think he mm. needs to be like a young adult when it starts off rather mm. than a child. 
that makes sense. Yeah. I, I was going to... People are quite impatient as well, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I was, um, was going to say in terms of our origin stories as well, um, in terms of like doing them differently, I think it will get to a point where we, maybe not all of them, but some of them will have to maybe be altered slightly. Because um, I know we've talked about this before, but I was thinking like Magneto's origin story is obviously the Holocaust um, and being in the concentration camps and everything like that. And I suppose we would get to a point where it will be like like over a hundred years since that had happened, and it wouldn't wouldn't be feasible for <laughs> Magneto to you know still be learned, like knocking about at hundred something, something hundred fifty years old. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so eventually they're gonna true. have to. I feel like they're gonna have to create a new origin story for him. So I don't know. Maybe it just depends on time. Yeah, yeah. I agree it's, with that. it's like um, cause I, so I um, so I didn't get to watch too many films personally, but I watched um, I watched two of the three Punisher films. So I don't have the first, I don't have the original nineteen eighty nine one, right? And um, I'm trying to trying to find it here, like, because they've all got like really like famous people playing like the main role of of uh. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Frank Castle. Frank Castle, yeah. So, like, the original one in ni- 1989 has a... Oh, who's it? Well, uh, D- Dolph Lundgren? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he plays, like, Punisher in that one, but I didn't watch that one because I don't have that one. But I watched the one that has... Thomas... How was that? Oh, it's my Fitbit watch. Yeah. So like I watched the the Punisher like because how do you in your mind how is the Punisher's origin story? Oh God, I'm trying to think from the series. Daredevil. Yeah, the one that's in Daredevil. Doesn't doesn't his family die? Uh, he's a soldier. Someone kills his family, and then he basically yeah. goes out for revenge. Yeah, so basically they they do the same they do pretty much the same origin story in the in the Punisher in 2004 and like he's a cop he he was undercover he gets out he retires he's on a holiday with his family and um no he he's retired with his family like his whole family we're talking everybody and he's killed a mafia well he's been there when a mafia guy's son's died and the mafia guy is called it is played by uh, John Travolta, and oh, right. and he kills all his family, and so it's basically the Punisher going against um, what's the character that John Travolta's playing? Oh, Howard Saint. I don't even know if that's anyone important, but like it's basically the Punisher versus taking down the Mafia, and there's like a little bit of like collusion within the Mafia where there's like a rift as well. And that's pretty much the whole story. And I thought Warzone might continue on. It just has a different main actor. But it's actually a different story in Punisher 2, the War- or Punisher Warzone. Because in that one, they don't show his origin. Well, they do. They do, like, flashback kind of things. Or not flashbacks. Uh, people talking about it. Because, like, obviously in the first one, no one knows about the Punisher. They just know the cop. But in the, in the second one, everyone knows of the Punisher and they kind of just try and stay out of his way. And then in this one, it's he's with his family at the park and they witness a mafia killing and then the mafia kill his family and that's why he becomes the Punisher. So it's kind of like the same origin, but like in a different way, moulded. But I'll tell you now, my God, 
second Punisher film is so gory. Like, there's <laughs> shot in the head and half the head getting blown off. Right. He's mad. It's an 18 as well. It's an 18. And also, Glenn, did you watch all of the Punisher series? Yeah. Uh, right. uh, was there a did season you... two? Because I didn't watch that. Yeah, yeah, season two. No, I just watched so, season one. So, Oves, you know in, in the Punisher, you know, like, it's at the end of season one, he scrapes his face down the, yeah, down the, the mirror. thing. Yeah. I'm going to show you what the jigsaw looks like in this season, in, in, in this, this TV series, yeah? And you're going to be like, that's, that's kind of the... Because when, when, when I saw Punisher season two and I saw the face on the guy, I was like, yeah, they're scars, but they're like nothing... There's nothing really that bad about them. Like, you wanted a lot more from his face, like disfigured kind of thing. Do you, you feel that way, Obes, at all? Or? Yeah, no, 100%. So, are, you, are you screen sharing? Or are you going to send us a photo? I was going to send you the photo. Okay. Um, Michael, oh, mad. Uh, what's that? I did have it ready, but it seems to have just dropped off. So here you go. I think that's the picture. So that so basically, Frank Castle in this oh, wow. film tucks the guy He's in got... a fucking glass recycling unit. <laughs> <laughs> it just Jeez. it fucking destroys his face. But the storyline of this film is that Frank Castle accidentally kills an undercover cop, and so it's kind of he's he he's going after the mafia and he's kind of trying to redeem himself to the family a little bit, like trying to like help him out with money and stuff. And then they end up getting in with this bad guy, and then yeah, that's the film basically. But so it, the, of the Marvel alternative Marvel films you watched. Were, were a lot of them like a lot more violent or darker or adult than the MCU, or is that was it just Punisher? Uh, trying to think, because uh, so I watched I watched Captain America from nineteen eighty something, okay. and that wasn't too that wasn't too violent. And then I also watched the three Blade films, and they were they were violent. I yeah, they're eighteens, aren't they? They no, they're not all eighteens. The first, the first two are eighteen, and they are very violent. They are, uh, and I also started watching, started watching Man Thing, which is a fifteen, which I can't believe is a fifteen from the start. From the, I think the start, someone gets absolutely destroyed. Um, <laughs> and then what else did I watch? Oh, I watched Nick Fury as well, but that wasn't that. I could, I think that was a fifteen as well. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? On my wall. Yes, yeah, it's a twelve actually that one. But a lot of the, I noticed, I noticed a few of the films were done by hundred and one films, and I was like, I've never heard of them in my life. They done like the Nick Fury one, and they did the uh, Captain America one. Okay. So and they the thing is, what I like about them is, and it makes me wonder whether the stories we see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are the original stories, because. Um, they were slightly altered. So like Captain America's one, uh, in the one I watched, because I've got three of them, but I only got around to watching one because I found it quite hard to watch because it was quite old. Um, but it was like his dad. So in the series, Captain America's dad was working on this like super serum and then gets killed. And then that's the reason then, then 
hit the partner encourages Captain America or Steve Rogers to then take the serum. Okay. I guess fight- it. I guess it would depend on like what rights they have to certain character names and stuff. Um, and also, I guess, even in comics, like the the stories get rebooted quite a lot, don't they? So there might be, I, I, I don't know, because I really don't read comics, but like, you know, there might be slightly different origins depending on which writers of the comics were doing it. Yeah, I think as well, like, so like when I watched the Nick Fury one, it was, uh, it was like, in that one, it starts off like, there's real no, really no context, right? And it starts off that we see a Nick Fury living out in the mountains somewhere. And then, like, this chopper comes about and says, oh, Nick, we need you back. Um, and it's just like, what? Like, we started off with this. And I was trying to see if there was, like, a TV series that was before, which was pr- uh, prior to it. But it wasn't. This was apparently a pilot movie to then turn into a TV series. Oh, okay. And it was uh, yeah, certainly interesting. What are the main differences or similarities between, like, the MCU films that we see now and then, like, the kind of alternative ones that came before the MCU? Gosh. Um, hmm. That's a very good question. Well, but, I, can't, I, can't dif- I can't give you anything with the Blade one because the Blades, I'd have to see the new Blade film <laughs> when it comes out to tell you the main difference of that but i think like i said the captain america one i think it's it's all patriotic still that is very similarity like it was like uh i think they even made a comment saying it's it was patriotic and he was like yeah if anyone was patriotic it was your dad kind of thing and it's like okay i'm gonna carry on he's and i think they even made a comment like i think it was like something like what is like being patriotic like and and then the the, the scientist guy was like your dad was the definition of being patriotic kind of thing and obviously we see steve rogers as like wearing the stripes of america being quite patriotic i guess Mm. and i was gonna say quickly chris i find that quite interesting i would like to know in if they is that does that film have sequels that one you want yes it's this uh well i've got a pack of three so it's three movies in one uh where is it what do i do with it uh oh what is it oh no, what the fuck did I do with the box? I'm literally watching it. Just like this. You, you sent us a photo of it, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I think, I think one. I think, well, the first two in it are sequels, and then the third one is like a remake. Okay, I was asking because obviously you just said the thing about um, what is patriotism kind of thing. I do think the MCU um, films do kind of question that a bit. Obviously, the first one's like super patriotic, war hero, blah 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 blah. But then the second and third one, I think they do. Um, question who who's who is patriotic and who isn't kind of thing. Steve Rogers kind of moves away from his original idealism of like always trusting the government, and then in the third one, um, it's like another thing of like who's more um, who's more patriotic out of him and Iron Man, like who's doing the right thing kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. Second, um, the, they're, they're from old, very different eras, aren't they? Because mm. I guess, like, the World War Two patriotism is fighting for your country, defending America, whereas, like, Iron Man, it's it's the patriotism of capitalism and, like, America's great, it's the best weapons, it's, you know, the best armour, it's the Iron Patriot, you know, mm. that's that's one of the the um, characters, isn't it, the Iron Patriot? Um, mm. So, yeah, I guess that's quite an interesting dichotomy there of 
of you know old school America versus modern America and patriotism. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is an interesting look on it. And I do, yeah, I do agree. Like, I think today's just like, it's like that, it's like that famous uh, film, what's it? I, I don't know what a TV series is, but it's where that guy, where um, the guy, they're asking students, it's like a TV series, and they're asking students, like, what they like about America. And then the guy goes, that's bollocks. We're like, the tenth in deaths in the whole of the world. We're tenth in something, something. Have you, do you know what scene, the scene I'm talking about? Is this the? Oh, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. what this was called. I can't remember no. what it's from. And it's basically this guy debunking why these kids think America is great. And then he says, "We were great for this, this, and this, but we're not anymore, and we need to get back there," kind of thing. And it's kind mm. of like, I suppose that's kind of like. I don't know where my point's going with that, but like in in like I guess in Captain America Civil War and stuff, it's like there's different there are different aspects of what people believe are right and wrong, I suppose, in the, is the battle between them two. One thinks having a safety net for all of them, but he he being the control for the safety net is the best thing. And the other one's saying, Well no, that's not right. That's wrong. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So yeah. But yeah. Capsule is so, right. Shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when when we get the Blade film with Mahershala Ali, um, do we expect them to tone it down? Do we yeah. expect it to be a twelve? Yeah, definitely. It's kind of mad. Like, what's Morbius going to be? Well, I Mor- Morbius. Yeah, I mean, Morbius is a Sony product, isn't it? So they don't really kind of. Care. Venom was a 15 in this country, which I think was a joke anyway. But yeah. um, so they, you know, I think they're going to be quite separate. I think Tom Holland will probably cross over between them. Um, although they did actually have, um, they teased Vulture, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Who did? Morbius, Morbius. In, the, in the trailer. Did they? Yeah, right at the end. He's in it. He's in the trailer. Oh, oh shit! Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? But yeah, I'd be surprised if if um, if Blade is anything higher than a twelve, <laughs> especially because like when he was introduced, he uh, he was introduced as like the MCU slate with all the other films, Eternals, Shang Chi, blah 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 blah. If they'd done it as like a separate kind of uh, rollout, then I think maybe they could have maybe done a different tone. But I think this is going to be pretty similar to the tone we expect to see from MCU. But then what about Deadpool? Because I've heard lots of different reports saying that, you know, Deadpool 3 is in production at Marvel. It will He will feature in the MCU. But, but again, you know, De- I think Deadpool's success was built upon the fact that it is just a different, you know, it's an antidote to the saccharine superhero films we see you know mm. i don't i never saw the once upon a time of deadpool thing so i don't know how that was received i don't know you know whether it worked but i don't know i think the merc with the mouth if all of a sudden he becomes more tame then it's sort of going back to the the wolverine one wasn't it where the, the, that was the whole reason they sort of did deadpool and this 
current way. So what, what do you think about that? I don't think Deadpool 3 is going to come out, <laughs> to be honest. I, don't, I, don't, I actually think it's going to come out. That's me personally. So I don't really have much to say on this, on this matter. Well, I, had, well, I kind of more hope they don't come out. They were planning on doing X-Force and all that sort of thing, weren't they? Um, yeah. one, of the, one of the stories I read, and again, it's just pure rumours, um, is that Deadpool 3 will sort of be a soft reboot, but to the point where Deadpool is the only person that knows it's a reboot. So, like, I guess you'll have, you know, new X-Men people or whatever. And But, like, because obviously Deadpool is very break-the-fourth-wall, self-referential very self-aware he will know that he's being rebooted or mm. something like that and and that will be like the comedy of it but when you say a soft reboot what do you mean by that sorry well soft reboot is is sort of like you you reboot certain characters or storylines but some of it will remain the same um so i guess like the suicide squad film that's coming out whenever it comes out features some of the same actors playing the same characters but it's not it you know it's it's sort of reboot in certain parts of the suicide squad um but not the whole thing uh so that's sort of a soft reboot um so like ryan reynolds might still be deadpool but you know you won't have um james mcavoy as charles xavier you'll have whoever and, you know that that sort of thing I, again it was it was just a a theory that someone had so there wasn't too much detail but i think that would be quite an interesting take on it but i think if they utilize deadpool in a way that he can appear in certain mcu properties um like cameos but then will very much have his own sort of tangential universe where they can keep it a little bit more r-rated um i think um also going on continue with like film news and stuff um, I keep hearing reports that they're going to introduce some of the defenders into uh, the MCU. Uh, so I saw that they were potentially doing Jessica Jones in Captain Marvel too, and um, was it Spider Man as well? Spider Man Three might feature a couple of them. I heard Spider Man Three might feature Daredevil as like a lawyer type role. Yeah. So what do we think about that? And obviously. You know, I'm presuming they're going to recast them, but I hope they don't. There's no, there's no point redoing it if they recast them. Mm. I don't mind if they recast it. I don't mind if they. I don't really care if they're in it or not in it. To be honest, I suppose it would be cool um, if they were in it. It'd be. It wouldn't have, like Chris says, it wouldn't have the same effect if they did recast the actors. Um, mm. Whereas, like, if you did see, um, I can't remember her name. Or surname Christian something Christian something. Christian anyway, Ritter. that's the one. If you saw her in Captain Marvel, you'd be like, oh okay. Like, and if you saw Charlie Cox in Spider Man, that that'd be pretty cool, obviously. So it does. Uh, even though both the series are finished as we know them, um, they would connect the universes a bit. Because me personally, I feel like the Netflix uh, universe and the MCU, obviously, it's it's technically the same, but I don't really class them as being in the same. Uh, in the same space kind of thing so if yeah. they did we did see it it'd be pretty cool um if they're gonna recast it i don't yeah like chris says i don't think as much there's not really much point um unless they're planning on doing new yeah devil tv series new devil film or whatever whatever if they plan on doing that then yeah sure um if they're just doing it as like a one-off cameos 
in with new actors. I don't really see the point. Yeah, and like it's also like you, we've already got all their origin stories, mm-hmm. so we don't need. You know, you can have Charlie Cox in in Spider Man Three, and if you want to know what his origin is, you can just go back to Netflix and watch that. Or, oh, you know, to be it's... fair, quickly, sorry. So obviously, I, I haven't read the story, so I don't really know. But would would Charlie Cox be like Peter Parker's lawyer because he's being sued for being Spider Man or something like that? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I Looks guess so. Outed as Spider Man, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> yeah, rather than rather than recasting and potentially having to like re-explain everyone's origin, I don't know. I think, you know, because I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting anyway, like how they're going to fit all of the new characters they can into the the MCU. Also, um, also, isn't there someone in the MCU who's like a big character in Luke Cage as well? Mm, I do not know. Oh, I'm sure there is. Well, they need Cottonmouth back, but he's Blade now. In it. That's in it. it. There you go. That's it. That's well, it. Cottonmouth. Yeah. What about him? Well, you that big character? Well, he's a big villain for Luke Cage, and then he's going to become Blade, isn't he? That's part of the MCU, so it's going to be two characters in one universe. Mm. That was one of my um, one of the points that I wrote down when you know, researching these superhero films. <laughs> there are a lot of actors that appear in more than one kind of like superhero franchise or film. So you obviously you've got like Chris Evans was Johnny Storm in the Fantastic Four and is now Captain America. Gemma Chan was in Captain Marvel and will now play someone in the Eternals. Um, uh, what's her face? Yeah, Ben Affleck. Um, you've also got, um, was Halle Berry Catwoman? Yeah. Yep. Then you've also got uh, Ellen Page is in X Men. She's in. I mean, you could maybe count Umbrella Academy as superhero-y. and yep. um, she was also in Super. So, what, what do you think it is about these superhero films that attracts the same actors? They want the bag. Everyone wants. <laughs> everyone wants that to be in that key franchise that's going to get them the bag. He's probably right. He's probably right about that. Yeah, you think it's purely financial? I well, think I most... don't know, like, for people like Ben Affleck, who who's minted and really loves comic books, he's probably quite disheartened that Daredevil was shit and Batman, his Batman wasn't too well, well, didn't do too well kind of thing. So for people like him, it's probably a bit of both. But realistically, I think that most people are just doing it for the bag. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, I guess that's a bit cynical, but it's true. And also, I guess actually, you've also got Michael B. Jordan, who was uh, oh. Black Panther and Johnny Storm as well. Um, yeah, but let's be realistic. That Fantastic Four ain't going nowhere. <laughs> well, certainly not fantastic. Um, but also, I guess we we haven't mentioned. I can't believe we haven't mentioned it already. Uh, the Snyder Cut. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's had a you know, a couple of years of campaigning. Um, it seems like the the fanboys have, have won out. Um, people were actually throwing away their Justice League DVDs. Um, Just They've already got your money. I mean, what's that, <laughs> that, that, that going to do to fucking DC? They're probably thinking more money in the bag for yeah. us, isn't it? So, so, I mean, I've, do, you, do you guys want to talk about how the Snyder Cut came about, what we expect from it? Um, you know, what how you see it kind of in the future of the DCEU? Um, 
Yeah, go, go. You go. Okay. Um, so, obviously, this whole Snyder Cut thing has been going on since the film, uh, since Justice League film come out, because obviously there's controversy about um, Joss Whedon coming in to finish the film. People saying this isn't Zack Snyder's vision, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. In November last year, um, loads of people just started tweeting release of Snyder Cut, including um, uh, Zack Snyder, um, Gal Gadot, uh, Ray Fisher, all the people from, apart from Henry Cavill, all the people apart in who starred in um, Justice League. So then that, obviously something was like rumbling um, underneath the underneath the surface that nobody really knew anything official about. Um, so I read the article the other day after it got released and apparently in February, um, Zack Snyder invited um, Warner Brothers executives over to his house to watch his version or what he's got so far, at least, of the Justice League. And apparently, um, they liked it, I guess. And with all this, uh, this um, coronavirus, everything slowing down, and also the fact that a lot of people are theorising that HBO Max doesn't have a lot of um, subs- subscriptions. So they think that they needed something to be like their Mandalorian, basically, like their version of that, their like, right. flagship show or, or film, I guess. So then... Um, Zack Snyder went on Vero he was doing a live commentary with um, of Man of Steel and at the end of the film Henry Cavill comes onto the comes onto the stream at which point you're thinking okay something something must be happening especially because Henry Cavill hasn't been vocal about release of Snyder Cut in any capacity whatsoever um, he invites some fans onto the stream they all ask questions blah 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 one of them asks oh when are you going to release the Snyder Cut he kind of like faked everyone out and said oh I don't know, it's not up to me, it's not really going to happen. And then Harry, Henry Cavill says, oh, I think you should show it. And he says, oh, I should just show them. And then he kind of like flips his camera and it shows like a screen. Zack Snyder's Justice League coming, HBO Max uh, 2021. And obviously the internet went crazy, everyone went nuts, blah, 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 blah. Um, so one thing that I just quickly wanted to say before you guys can get stuck into whatever, whatever you want to say, um, is that there's a lot of people who are really negative about, about this. And I don't really understand why. Um, people are like, oh, it's still going to be shit. Um, oh, um, this is the toxic fans are doing this, blah, 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 blah. Um, they don't care about the fans, they just want your money, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking like, one, if you think it's going to be shit, just don't watch it <laughs> for, yeah. for one. Um, and two, if you think that um, HBO Max or oh, the Warner Brothers are just doing this for money, well, no shit. <laughs> Every TV studio, every film studio releases stuff to make money and they release stuff that they think there is a big demand for. There is a big demand for this, so they think they'll get a lot of money, so they're releasing it. That's like one, one plus one equals two. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. people are just being really miserable about it. And I don't really know why. Anyway, go ahead. I think I'm interested to see it mm. because I was a bit, you know, I was a bit ambivalent about the Justice League film. Um, But then also, like, I just got questions of, like, well, reports say that Snyder's vision was already, what, 70, 80% done before his tragic, you know, family incident happened. So what's changed now? Why are Warner Brothers all of a sudden happy with it because I've, if they were happy with how it was 80% finished they wouldn't you know 
they wouldn't have allowed Joss Whedon to rewrite most of it and reshoot most of it. So something's a bit mm, there, you know. Obviously, they felt at the time Joss Whedon's version was superior to Zack Schneider's version. Otherwise, they, well, I mean, they probably had pressure to release it anyway. But, you know, to me, that doesn't make sense. Like, they've obviously just, it's hindsight, isn't it? They've like, oh, well, Justice League didn't actually do that well. Um, So, yeah, maybe this isn't as bad as we thought. Um, And also, you know, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, they weren't the most well-received. It's not as if those were like, you know, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes made billions. And, and, you know, it's not as if Zack Schneider's a certy director, you know. He's got a very key style, but that doesn't necessarily work for a lot of people. So, therefore, just because you didn't like Joss Whedon's version doesn't mean Zack Schneider's version is going to be good. If you didn't really like Man of Steel, you weren't keen on Batman versus Superman, what makes you think Justice League will be any better? Um, so that's my kind of cynical brain. But I am, I did think Justice League was too short. Um, yeah. Obviously, there was kind of a lot of subplots with Cyborg that they missed out. Um, they seemed to, I think they changed the villain, didn't they? Or the focus of the villain. Um, yeah. There was a lot of like plot holes. So I'm interested to see it a bit more fleshed out. Whether it's, you know, a four-hour-long film, or they do, like, a, in two parts, I don't know, but... Um, There's rumours they're going to do it as, like, a TV series, like, six-part TV series. Oh, get, fuck. To put up, obviously, because people... To get people to subscribe to the streaming service, basically. Has, has HBO Max got a UK release date, re- uh, release date yet? I'm almost certain that it's not coming out in the UK or Europe anytime soon. Okay, so they're gonna lose a lot of money from piracy then. Yeah, unless they like a like yeah. with um with I think was it with Inhumans they did like a cinematic release for the first couple episodes, so maybe they could do something like that. But obviously, not a lot of people are gonna. Well, maybe not as many people as they would hope. I would imagine would go to the cinema to watch a couple of episodes of a TV show, and then they gotta go home, and then they can't watch the rest. For God knows how long. <laughs> Maybe yeah, Netflix UK have the rights to the Snyder Cut as well, because they've only just got the Justice League one. So maybe for the UK or European customers, they'll issue it to a different um, streaming Maybe, service. Yeah. But, I would have thought, if anything, it would go to Sky, because HBO normally put their stuff on Sky, Atlantic or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Am I wrong in thinking that Sky is now owned by Disney? Or was that not acquired by Disney? Ah, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I don't think Sky is owned by Disney. Because I thought Sky was fell under the umbrella of Fox, no? I don't think so. No, I'm not talking nonsense there. Okay. I don't know. You might you might be right, but I don't I don't think so. Okay. I, I'm not uh, um, um, Sky, do but, uh, but um, to to talk about the Schneider Cut, right? Uh, I think you know you saying about like they didn't. I think they must have had a falling out with Jack Schneider. I think something went wrong there, or something was taking too long, and they just were like, we'll get him out of the door. And I, thought, I think they thought, because Josh Redden's done such a good good thing with Marvel, whatever he says goes, and I think yeah. kind of backfired for them a little bit. Like It had good points. Like There were funny moments in that film, but I think yeah. we need the extended version that Jack 
Schneider was going to have. Like, I've grilled Zack Schneider, and I've I've apologised for grilling him as well. But, like, I think his cut would have been better. Do you think it'll be, uh, like, continue with the dark kind of thing? Yeah, I, yeah. Think, it would, I think it'll have the, the villainous Superman, and I think it'll have the backstory of Cyborg, and I think it'll have the 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 going back in time of Flash. Not that I give a shit about going back in time of Flash, but um, it'll add another aspect of it, and it'll show how powerful Flash is. And then when Flash is getting beaten the shit out of by whoever the horn motherfucker was at the end, it'll have more of an impact, I think. Because I feel like when you watch this film and you see all these heroes getting hit down by this villain and then Superman just rises above it all. You just kind of think, okay, Superman's a bit OP. These heroes aren't as strong as they could be because they're quite new at it. But if you see they've got a bit of a background, you might think, oh, actually, they've been at this game for quite a while and this villain's stronger. And then also, I'd like to see Darkseid. And I've heard rumours that Darkseid's going to be in it as well. Yeah, the guy, some guy on, on Twitter, I don't know how, how official this is, but he said, I'm... Um, Playing the voice of Dark, or I play the voice of Darkseid in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, can't remember the guy's name, but yeah. Do you, do you not feel that like putting this on on TV is a disservice? Like Justice League, you know, if you're spending an extra thirty million dollars on CGI or whatever, do you not feel like it deserves a cinematic release? People are was, more likely to go watch and watch the no. TV at home than they are going to to go to the cinema to watch it again. I don't know, because, I mean, I was one of the fools that went to watch the slightly extended cut of an Endgame in the cinema. Yeah, so. And how did that work so, out? You know, I did that for three minutes of extra footage, which was a pile of shit. So, you know, I think there definitely would be an appetite for people to go and watch it. And especially because it's been, by the time it's released, three or four years since the, the, the you know, original and version look, came out. Quickly then, as well, another thing. I don't know if you said it, Chris, I'm not sure, but... um. Obviously, with all this coronavirus stuff, that might, um, and obviously people have been at home watching films at home for however long, that might lend itself to not as many people even wanting to go to the theatres to watch stuff. That's true. That's true. That might put something into it. I personally think, though, I I agree with that, and I think that will lend to it. And I also think that, although I thought Justice League was quite good, although I thought the villain was a bit pants, I thought it was quite good, I don't think the reception of Justice League will allow it to be then released again and get a better reception as Endgame did. Because like, I think, you think about it, like I know Endgame is now the highest grossing film, and I do this with air quotes, which no one can see. <laughs> I know it was released two or three times, wasn't it, or something? I, don't, I can't remember how many times it was released now. But like, I don't think they got as many sales as they probably predicted they would have got from re-releasing it. Mm. Oh, yeah, I agree. So I think they thought, oh, three minutes of footage, people are going to be buzzing about that. We're going to get, like, nearly everyone again going to see it, and we're going to hit, like, they probably thought we're going to hit, like, three billion. But instead they made, what, an extra, like, 200,000, didn't they, or something? Like, it's a long, old film. And what is it? Justice League's already two hours, and Schneider's cut looks like it's got at least an hour footage extra, maybe more. Well, they said, he said that his is about four hours. And also he said that, well, his words, not mine. He said that he reckons we've only seen about 25% of what his vision, inverted commas, was. So I imagine if you bring something out, it's going to be, well, 
based on what he's saying, it should be a completely different thing from what we saw. See, yeah. that, and, and I don't know that, if I want to see that, though. That's like, worth paying for, though, isn't it? If you're seeing, like, that much extra footage. Mm, mm. Yeah, but, then, but then, my, then my point stands even more. So, like, if you bought that as a cinematic release, that would have to be two or three films, and there is no way, unless it gets an absolute stellar first film review, there is no way that can, they can roll with that for three films. No way. They haven't got enough of a... Um, they haven't got enough credit from their previous films to go and publish three films or two or three films based off of a film, based off a film that I thought was quite good, but Rotten Tomorrow IMDb didn't think was that great. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like people, I don't know. I just, I personally don't think it can be released in cinema until mm-hmm. they've got a better back in, like a better um, that structure behind them to push it forward for people to go and to want to watch it. But if they're only um, spending 20, 30 million on it, you know, maybe they'll spend another 10, 15 on marketing. But, you know, you could quite feasibly make that money back with a cinematic release, particularly if... I'm sorry, I think they will put it out in cinema. Like, it might might not be, like, a massive cinematic release, but I think they will. Do you remember, like, because when Inhumans come out, they put that in the cinema, so I think... That they will, I actually think, do think they will put it out in cinema, but maybe it just won't be. Like you... a oh, yeah. Okay. They're also planning to do at least two Justice League films anyway, weren't they? So, mm. you know. But what, what do you guys think this means for the future of the DCEU? Is it reviving it, or is this just sort of like a, a fan service thing? I think, sorry, that's another thing as well that people are like, oh, if it's good, then so what? And in my eyes, yeah. Uh, obviously, I don't think uh, people have the same view as me, but I think for one, um, it's probably not going to affect the DCEU in any way. To be honest, um, I think if it does, then you could just have like a multiverse, like they do in in the comic books. You know, I don't think that's too far fetched of an idea. But I think people are like, oh, what if it's shit, or what if it's good? And in my eyes, I'm just like, so what? If it's shit, then it's shit. If it's good, then it's good. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, who cares? Yeah, I'm with you on that, Obes. I'm with you on that because I, I see it as I see it as if it's good and they do want to continue with it. There's it's not changed any trajectory we currently have with the Justice League films or like that kind of universe. Because so far we've seen we've got another Wonder Woman in the works. Flash is technically still in the works. Uh, like the only thing that would really have to be considered is whether Henry Carvel or Ben Affleck will continue their role. Mm. Because I they think Harry wants fans to. do as well, aren't they? Huh? I think Harry Cavill wants to. I think that's why he was on the stream. Yeah. yeah I think, the way he's I've... talking to Superman as well. He seemed really passionate about it. I think he wants yeah. to keep doing it. I think as well, and like you said as well, like, how does it work fit in with the rest of it? Like, I don't think anything's really come out of the conti- like out of the timeline. Like, what Shazam? He met Superman. So that there's no change there. And I think the only thing that's really different is the Robert Patterson of it all. And I think, to be honest, he could just be younger Batman because I don't think he affects the DCEU at all either. And the way he's going with the way he wants to portray Batman, it's going to be a completely different Batman we're looking at. So I think if this is successful, it could just continue. Or we could just take it as is. They've remade a film, made it better, and happy day. That's it. I'm with you on that. I think people, people hate people like to hate because it's an easy thing to do. Like people just hate because 
It's, there's no need for it. Like you could you could easily sit there and just be like, okay, whatever. I won't write about it because it doesn't bother me. But people who don't even give a shit about Justice League or the DCU or DC, blah 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 blah, they just chat shit because they just can and they just have a platform to do it. So I just think people being people being asses for no reason. Mm. Fair enough. But then I do ask the question that. All the funny bits that Josh Whedon put in, would you like them completely redacted from the film? I, I could take it or leave it. Uh, you, yeah. could take, you could take them all out and I wouldn't be too too fussed. Okay. Because I feel like if there's like a Watchmen type Justice League, there's only so much that people will watch of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I must admit, like, Man of Steel, I appreciated it more as, I've been, as I'm older. But it's Same. still a film that wasn't great, if you know what I mean. I like, I like Man of Steel. On rewatch, actually, when I first watched it, I don't know if you remember, Chris. I, when, I, when we first watched it, I hated yeah. it. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the same for me. Like, I, I, I appreciate it a lot more now. Yeah. Being older, and I think because like when you first go to when you first went to watch that film, it was like, oh my god, sick Superman. We're gonna see such a sick film. And it was like building, smashing, mm. and then it was just like. It's all it jokes, wasn't, really. Yeah, yeah, it literally. was like <laughs> the thing that I was People hype it up. You you have such high expectations. You see it, and you're like, "Wow, okay, like that wasn't yeah. what I expected." But it's like rewatching a lot of these films. A lot of the DC films, rewatching it has like opened my eyes a bit more about them because you kind of see like the politics of it or like the other aspects of it, and you're kind of like, "Whoa, okay, now I appreciate it a bit more." Yeah. Whereas, mm. but I still, I still think Man of Steel, although it is better than when I originally watched it and I originally slagged it off or whatever, like I don't think it's like a top tier film. No, no, I wouldn't give it. So, on rewatch, it's good. I would say. Yeah. Do any of the, do any of the DC EU films go into a Hall of Fame? Um. What Hall of Fame? This Hall of Fame. I yeah, think Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman does. Even in one trash because of her villain. Yeah, that last third was shit. No, no, she, sorry, it's not trash. Her villain's trash. Sorry, I said that wrong. I said that wrong. I think, <laughs> uh, but no, I agree with you. Um, the first two thirds of the film, I think, is really, really good. Obviously, it's let down by the last third of it. Yeah. Um, I think, as well as, um, I think it's a good film overall. I think it's a good film. But the reason mm. I think I would also put it into Hall of Fame is because of its um, uh, what's the word? Is it? It's groundbreaking. Groundbreaking, yeah. a good word for like obviously yeah. you know the first major su- uh, female superhero film, you know, and it was good. Yeah. Captain Marvel, anyway. I think it's mad that DC beat Marvel to that. I bet Marvel. Yeah, it's crazy. Isn't it? We're fucking fuming. <laughs> Honestly, well, that's why is, they rushed out Captain Marvel. <laughs> it's just the thing is though, like although although um, Black Widow is like an amazing, I guess superheroine or superhero, mm. however you want to say it, whatever's politically correct. I'm sorry. Um, she doesn't have superpowers, so she's technically not a superhero. She is, but she isn't. Do you know what I mean? This is this is, this is a question I wanted to part to pose to you guys. Do superheroes need powers? So, because no, obviously, I, I watched I watched like I guess alternative superhero films. So I watched Super. Um, I've watched Super Bob. <laughs> um, watched Code Eight. Uh, obviously, I was like remembering like The Incredibles. Um, the boys, 
uh, Brightburn, um, and then Unbreakable Glass, that sort of thing. Um, some, of them, some of them have powers. <laughs> I know, oh. but I was just thinking, like, they're all superhero films or series, but the guy in Super doesn't have any powers. He's just a loser who is fed up and wants to get revenge on people. Um, so he's, he's essentially a vigilante. Um, Batman is a vigilante. Uh, Tony Stark doesn't have any powers, but his suit does. Um, like you said, Black Widow. Hawkeye doesn't really have any powers. He's just good with a bow and arrow. So, so what is it that makes these heroes superheroes rather than a vigilante, which is arguably, you know, uh, a negative thing, isn't it? That's what Joe, Joe Majanus, whatever the fuck his name is, says all the time. He's like, oh, Spider-Man, yeah, he's just a, he's a vigilante. He's, you know, it's dangerous. When, it's when you're on the right side of the law. So when the law thinks you're good, you're a hero. And when the law thinks you're bad, you're a vigilante. That's true. But with Spider-Man, often the law are against him because he's basically taking their jobs and it's like, oh, well, you know, you can't take the law into your own hands. Like, superheroes aren't like a legal uh, entity, are they? It's, you know, they're just sort of doing it off their own back. Um, that's why, you know, you've got the kind of conflict with the Sokovia Records in Civil War. And that's why, like, in the X-Men films, there's always this kind of registration thing. Um, even like Code 8, which I think both of you have seen as well. It's sort of like superheroes or empowered people have to register so but that we know who they are. I think they, I think they portray it more that it's not... Um, shit, where's my point going to go here? It, it's more that when people get scared or don't know how to handle it, then they have to like put these things in place to like level it out a bit so people feel safer or in air quotes again want to feel safer kind of thing that's a sick segue then but yeah go on, go on. no go on go on segue no, it's cool because it's completely different to what we're talking about keep going keep going okay so like i'm almost like i don't know it's a hard one it's a hard one because like what was the original thing what makes him a superhero yeah yeah I was, li- I was literally initially gonna say i was initially gonna say they're a hero and then when I got powers, they're a superhero. But then I thought of Batman, I thought of Arrow, and I thought of like all these other things. And I was like, that's not a, that's not a good, that's not a true statement at all. So are they just uh, interchangeable then? Superhero, hero it doesn't really matter. They're the same thing. Well then, uh, why don't we just yeah. heroes? Well, I'm just posing the question. Or oh, yeah. to be a superhero, do you have to have a villain? Do you have to have like an antithesis? Because if I, you know, if I save you know, when I saved Obi from drowning in Mali, I like, you know, I'm a hero, but <laughs> I don't have a villain, so I'm not a superhero. Would there be any? Would there be any of these supervillains without these superheroes? Well, again, that's that's the question. Does that is that what makes a hero a superhero? Is someone there? Yeah. Antithesis, you know. Because realistically, like, if you think of Iron Man, right? There would be no. There would be. A- a villain there would be an evil man in this world selling guns to another country right but there would not be a guy in a suit without iron man having invented it first it would also right? be an ultron huh it would also be an ultron there would also so, and, and yeah, also, yeah. sokovia yeah. would still be on the ground <laughs> yeah the, thousands of people wouldn't have died it wasn't yeah. iron man <laughs> Tony Stark's at, parents would be alive at, if it wasn't. At, how, had Tony Stark been... That's not even true. <laughs> That's not even true. Had, 
had Tony Stark been nice in the third film to a strange guy who was intelligent, the guy might not have become a psychotic villain. Like, yeah. But then you can't. But then that's 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 the double-edged sword because you can't think every minute of the day like that because you're because people have their own agendas. So I think it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like you can't really explain why or like particularly, you know, because there's always going to be a oh well, what if this does that make them a superhero or is that just that just a normal hero? I guess you know it's it's one of those you can debate it to the end of the earth, but um. Stark was actually a good person. Yeah, yeah it's like if Captain America just killed his mate Bud, Bucky in the second <laughs> America film, then we wouldn't have this any of this drama. Why are you going to kill your mate, though? Why are you going to kill your mate, though? Hey, mate, mate. Save the world, <laughs> innit? If I started moving mad, Chris, would you kill me? Nah, mate. Nah, I'll take you to... Nah, I'd look after you, mate. I'd look after you. There you um, go. Point block, proven. I'd lock you up in Arkham, <laughs> If you start trying to stab me up, though, mate, you're probably going to go into a mental home with a cushioned wall but uh take me to Arkham <laughs> yeah <laughs> lock up throw away the key um but obviously I was watching alternative superhero films um and they're pretty much characterised by either being like lower budget um or you know they're they're kind of either side of the, the PG-13 spectrum. So you've got, like, you know, child-friendly films like The Incredibles, um, or you've got kind of R-rated. So, like, Super is an 18, um, Brightburn is 15, Unbreakable Glass, the 12, 15s, uh, The Boys is definitely an 18. And so, you know, they're, they're interesting because they, they sort of target the other demographics, don't they? Like, super, the MCU, DC... X-Men, they're all like, let's just capture as big an audience as we can. But inevitably, you know, it might be a bit too violent for little kids. It might for kind of people that, you know, think it's a bit too childish. You know, it's not hitting those. So that's what the alternative superhero films tend to do. Um, they're so, off... Sorry. Eh? No, 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 they're also like there's moral ambiguity there. So like I get like the guy in Super, he's his superhero name's the Crimson Bolt. He uh, his catchphrase is shut up crime. Um, but he he basically goes around just like hurting people. Like so someone cuts in a line and he like beats them up with a wrench and like he thinks he's doing good, but actually he's he's not really. He's, you know, committing grievous bodily harm on people and, and ends up killing a lot of people. But he's he thinks he's a hero and, and certain people We'll see him that way. Um, interestingly, that was directed by James Gunn. Um, and the character of the Crimson Bolt features in a picture frame in the film Brightburn. Um, so they're in the same sort of universe. Um, you've also got, like, I guess the boys, like, they're not really heroic, are they? Like, like the even the, the kind of faux DC heroes are not heroic at all. Like you've got Homelander, he's an asshole. Like the deep is a sex pest. Um so yeah, it, it's they're quite interesting. Code eight was quite morally ambiguous to an extent. Like, you know, the superheroes had to turn to crime uh to, you know, make ends meet. So it's always like, like Code Eight then. Sorry. Pardon? Did you like Code Eight? Yeah, I really yeah, did actually. Right. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite interesting. All the superheroes have sort of um, types, like Pokemon, innit? You're like, oh, you're an electric type. You're a fire type. 
are different. <laughs> I found it quite interesting. Um, oh. And there are sort of like political allegories similar to like X-Men, you know, they have to register and, you know, keeping under tabs. And I was sort of thinking like, yeah, like from a socio-political point of view, it's sort of like segregation. It's like human rights that you can maybe see parallels with like, I guess, immigration. It's like, you know, people having to go to a country and register and, and like can only work at certain, you know, in certain places. So I think particularly with like X-Men and mutants and stuff, that, that can also be seen as an allegory for like that sort of thing. So I think it's, you know, they can explore maybe a bit more political... So- Glenn, I just uh, out of all the uh, out all the other superhero films you watched, what was your favourite? And did um, anybody take you to a Hall of Fame? I mean, Kickass, love Kickass. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's again, he's not really a superhero because he just withstands beatings, but. Um, I would say, you know, I've watched that a few times. It's still hilarious. Um, yeah, I just think it's, it's a good sort of uh, kind of take on the superhero genre. It's a bit it's tongue-in-cheek, as a lot of these ones are. You know, Super is very tongue-in-cheek. Um, Super Bob is, is a, basically a piss take. Um, so, yeah, I would put Kick-Ass in there. I've, I've only... I didn't re-watch it, but... I remember The Incredibles being really good, so I don't know whether on rewatch I would put that up there. The Boys, if we're counting series, The Boys was great, so I would yep. put that up there. Would uh, you say um, The Mask is a superhero? I think you could probably argue it. Um, because again, like Obi, did you watch V for Vendetta? I did. He's not really a, a superhero, is he? He's, he's just a, he's a vigilante. All the, fame, All the fame. Yeah, did you really like it? I love it. Again, Natalie Portman in another superhero film. Oh yeah. Oh, did you watch Constantine? No, that was on. That was on things that I wanted to watch, but I didn't get a chance to. But I do want. Uh, I want to. What did you like so much about V for Vendetta? I think I have quite like a. Um, I really like alternate uh, universes, like where certain things are different, and they like kind of like drastically change. Um, the present, I guess, or the future, or whatever. So, just like examples, obviously, is this um, the Watchmen TV series. I've started getting into um, what's it called on Amazon Prime? What the fuck is it called? Man, Man in, in the High Castle. Castle. Yep. Um, and yeah, obviously, it's just like a. So, what I was going to say, this is what I was going to try and link into. I was uh, seg- kind of segue with what Chris said about fear and stuff like that, and how public fear can. Um, can like induce like just drastic changes in society, which is like obviously what this film's kind of talking about, t- talks about, but in more of a terms of like fascism and uh, like totalitarianism or whatever it's called, that sort of thing, where like fear of the public drives out anyone who's not different, kind of um, who is different, sorry, um, in the way that like you know like Nazis did back in back in those days, so. Um, one of the things that I noticed, so I watched this film before in like year, must be year nine, but one of the things I noticed this time around is that until like the very last scene, in, in present day, there's no non-white people in this film. Everyone's white. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> which I, yeah, which I didn't notice up until, it's like literally like the last scene. Last scene, you see a few black people, a few brown people, whatnot, whatnot. But 
up until then, yeah, present day, everybody's white. I don't know if that's intentional. I assume it is. Um, I think I think unfortunately, it's just uh, it just highlights like the lack of diversity in in these sorts of films. Like mm. I noticed that in all of the films I watched, and even ones that you know from DC and Marvel, women are very very secondary. Mm. Like they're always the sidekick or they're a love interest or they die, they've been fridged. Like, you know, this is these are these are traits that happen across all superhero films, whether they're Marvel DC or alternative or independent. Like you'd think, you know, independent films with a lower budget, they might you, you think, oh well, maybe they should, you know, try and do something a little bit different. But no, it all seems to be the same. Like, you know, Code Eight, they're all, you know, they're mostly white men. Um yeah. The, the one person of colour in their group is mute, which yeah. is problematic in itself. The woman dies pretty quickly. Um, is she a junkie as well? Yeah, so, so there's not got great representation for, like, non-cis white men, really, um, mm. in any of them. Like, there's a lot of, like, machismo as well, particularly with, like, the boys and stuff. Um, yeah, so... And you know, Viva Vendetta, like Natalie Portman's character, is quite secondary. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a shame, really. She gets like obviously the point of the film is kind of like um, it's like one, it's like that phrase, was it? Um, when so when V when V he says like, what was the cause of um, our society turning into anarchy or whatever? And he says, you just have to look in the mirror. And then it's like that phrase where he says, um, all it takes for evil to con- to succeed is for good men to do nothing or something like that yeah. and like people just stand idly by whereas either gradually or um, or quickly society just molds itself into this way of life that nobody actually agrees with really but with here we are we're stuck in it kind of thing up until mm. he ignites people to kind of like rise up against the against the man and whatnot um but i like so things I like about I really like my film is like obviously V is like a really captivating um protagonist antagonist whichever way you want to you want to see it because he is a terrorist to be fair and yeah. I feel like he does um what's the word is it grooming <laughs> um Natalie Portman's character he kind of he got kidnaps her or whatever and then he kind of like brainwashes not brainwashes her but like gets her to see his way and then she falls in love with him, in love with him and gets like Stockholm <laughs> Stockholm syndrome yeah <laughs> he like captures her tortures her <laughs> and stuff but anyway whatever um for the, for the film I guess um so yeah I like his I like obviously like right at the beginning when he says all those words with V in it I think it's quite jokes as well yeah um, he's a whole sentence of yeah yeah literally um and I like that it was set in London or England because you don't get a lot of those sorts of films or films that are based on like comics or graphic novels that are set in London or England, which is mm. nice. Obviously, it's an alternate London, so nothing like the London we have now. But you know, still London. You watch Superbob. That's set in London. Set is in it? I watch, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, decent. I watched that. One. Um, <laughs> what else do I like about it? Um, shit, I forgot what I was gonna say now. Oh yeah, also the thing that like he never takes off his mask, um, which kind of like brings and like. Before he kills, uh, I think his name's Creedy. Before he kills Creedy, he's like, says something along the lines of, um, no, yeah, Creedy says, why won't you die? And he says that behind this mask is an idea, and ideas are bulletproof. 
or something like mm. that. And like the yeah. beginning of the film is talking about um, the same the same sort of thing is that basically men can die, ideas and ideologies can't die, and it's one of the reasons why he hides behind the mask because um, obviously his face and his body don't contribute to his idea. He can die, but his the the ideology of what he wants to do is what always be passed on, and it is passed on. And Natalie Portman says, um, "Who was he? He was." me he was you he was my mom he was my dad he was my brother so the 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 idea that we shouldn't just like sit idly by while people who have bad intentions um get their way kind of thing that will live on through the rest of us through this message of him blowing up parliament i think that's a key a key kind of message throughout superhero films isn't it like you you see kind of whether it's like batman or like i guess maybe like um Robin is a good, better example. Like, you know, how many different Robins have there been? It's a night, you know, this, the superhero identity is often quite different from the, the kind of human inside the costume, if that makes sense. You know, they're often quite um, uh, opposites, aren't they? So, you, you know, like, I guess Clark Kent's a little bit nerdy, works, you know, same with Peter Parker, but then when they put the suit on, they're like a completely different person. Um, and it's like, yeah, the, the kind of idea of the, the the hero and what they stand for is more important than who it is. Hence why you've got like people, different people who are Captain America, different people who are, you know, I guess anyone could wear the Iron Man suit, really. Um, mm. That's the concept rather than it's Tony Stark. Um, like, it's, it's why they all have their own unique symbols as well, because then people have the idea of that symbol meaning or associating with something, isn't it? Because otherwise they would all just wear plain clothes and not have a symbol. Yeah, they would all just be themselves. Yeah. yeah. But often, like, the, the power or the costume is used to prove something. Like, they're either, like, you know, want to be different or more confident or they want to, like, win someone back, but they have to, you know, do it in a different way. You know, the, the, the powers and the, the fighting that they use is to, is to kind of show a different side of them. Because yeah. um, a lot of a lot of superheroes their kind of alter egos are quite yeah a bit like unconventional aren't they they mm. could say that a lot of them are losers or they start off as losers um to like you know in like a generic way um even like captain america before he gets the super serum he's got this weedy little runt um but yeah uh but it's, it's am i right in saying that you know that v for vendetta mask like a lot of kind of anarchists use that now don't they um Anonymous, isn't it? Yeah, but I, was that because of the V for Vendetta film, or did that film just appropriate that mask? I don't know which is chicken and egg thing, really. I don't know which came first. Great point. I reckon the V for Vendetta film got a lot of people to start using that shit. I think. Yeah. Mm. If I had to guess, I don't have any facts behind that at all. Yeah. But yeah, man. Oh, was v, when did V for Vendetta come out? 2005. So it's probably before the the real real big technological like upgrade, wasn't it? Like where everyone was using computers. Yeah, I find really funny as well. Obviously, in V for Vendetta, obviously it's um it's set in 2032, but like you see like all like the computers and that they use, and it makes me laugh because they're like proper basic. <laughs> well, it's be that's probably more realistic, isn't it? Like you know we're already. 15 years away from that film and nothing's nothing's changed really like phones have got smaller and then got bigger again so mm. <laughs> i don't know crazy um so from all of the films that you've watched 
that are superhero related, what would you kind of say, like top tier? So am I talking about, for me, just DC? No, any anything. Oh shit, my list is long. <laughs> oh really? Um, like elite tier? Elite, you, yeah. You said Wonder Woman would be up there. I, I disagree with that, but you know, that's different opinions on that. I've put Kick-Ass up there. Um, yeah. I think Joker goes in there. Yeah. Um, Infinity me personally, I put, I put Beef of Vendetta in there. Okay. Um, what else? So okay, that's all my DC ones. I think. Uh, not, not the fountain. Oh wow! Can we talk about it quickly? Yeah, <laughs> like. <sighs> so a bit of context. Obi. Oh, is that the film you said about Obes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Fountain is a film by Darren Aronofsky from like the mid 2000s. And Obi put in a group chat, he's like, can someone please watch this film so we can talk about it? And I was like, it's 90 minutes long. Not, not too much of a waste of my day if it's shit. Oh my God, what the fuck was that film about? <laughs> it's, it's genuinely one of the most confusing films. I don't, know if, you know what, I don't even know if it's that confusing, but I just kept waiting for something to click, and it never did. It was so, like, esoteric. Like, you know, it's just like, you know, these, like, wild thoughts. It's, you know, like, um, philosophical and spiritual. It was just yeah. like... God. I just didn't is know a, what was happening. Is this the film where they're, looking, they're searching for the tree of life? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, like... Craziness. It's like so. I so like I said in the group chat. Like I went on like a just looking for like reviews of the film and stuff because I didn't really get it. But people in like comments of these uh, videos and stuff were saying like, "Oh, it's the best film I've ever seen," and blah blah blah. Like proper proper bigging up the film. And I think that it's like uh, maybe it triggers like a certain side of the brain, you know, like your philosophical, spiritual, all that stuff. And I think that's a a type of thing that my brain is I don't think I'm wired that way to kind of feel the way that these people might have felt when they watch this film I'm um, sorry this film there is no one who would genuinely consider it their favourite film the people <laughs> say that to sound intelligent you know it's like <laughs> you know, like people be like oh yeah you know my favourite book is that one that's 10,000 pages long yeah my favourite book is Encyclopedia yeah 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 it's like no it's not you're just saying that to sound intelligent fuck off just, you know, be honest and say it's The Hangover 2 or something, you know, where yeah. everyone can judge you for it. But, yeah. But, yeah, so, like, it's the story of, well, Hugh Jackman plays, like, three different people, but he is essentially trying to find a cure for his wife's cancer, who's played by Rachel Weiss. Um, Obviously, Hugh Jackman's been in another superhero franchise. I'm not saying this film's a superhero film, by the way, but, um, although it's DC, you said. Yeah, um, nice to- graphic novel so it's like set in the 1600s during the spanish inquisition set during present day and it's set in a supernova in the future outside of time i assume yeah yeah and like it just interweaves between all of them and like there's no clear kind of reason why um you know you sort of think okay well his wife is dying in the present so how does he go back in time to 
find the tree. And then, and then he then... reads a book, and her book's about the Spanish shit. Yeah. So that's the, the fountain is the book that Rachel Vice is writing. Oh, yeah. So what I read from it is that, well, I don't know. Because <laughs> you could argue that in the 1600s, he, he finds the tree and then drinks the tree cum. And then, yeah. then that's the cure for life, isn't it? He's therefore immortal. So yeah. I read it as he then just basically lived through up until the present day. And then I thought maybe Rachel Weiss's character is like a reincarnation of the queen that he loved in Spain. And then she's dying and then he's like, he's, he's got the kind of the, the chippings from the tree, doesn't he? And he tries to like engineer it in a scientific way to cure cancer. And right. He succeeds after she's died and therefore then plants the tree in her grave, which then is the tree thing that he prays at in the future. But right. it was, yeah, mind-bending. I was just like... It was, just, like, it was just dumb. Like, <laughs> he's like, what's the point? I was... I saw, I saw like a brief synopsis of this before uh, I watched it. And I thought it was going to be like... So I thought um, they would start off in the past or whatnot. Um, they would both drink from the tree of whatever. or But maybe she dies. But then they both keep getting reincarnated um, into in different lifetimes. But she always dies. She's always, always dies. And he's in every lifetime, he's trying to find a way to keep her alive. That's what I thought the film was going to be about. That would <laughs> be I a lot better. It it, I prefer that to what I actually watched. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, it's so confusing. And yeah, I don't know. And, it wasn't wasn't and that like, great? The bit where like, so I suppose at the end there's I guess a sort of revelation kind of thing, and he it shows what happened at the beginning of the film, but it shows it a bit more in that this Mayan uh, warrior or whatever um, sacrifices himself because this guy Tom is also the founding father or whatever, but then it switches back to Spanish Tom, like Spanish Inquisition Tom. He finds the tree, obviously he drinks the tree calm, like you said, and then he uses it to heal one of his wounds, but then the wounds start sprouting uh, a tree and stuff, and he becomes part of the tree, which is a story that his wife was talking about, that she said a Mayan person told her about, about the founding father of the Tree of Life, whatever. So I'm thinking, so what? So he is the founding father, and he has been reincarnated, or what? I was, honestly, I was... <laughs> and then Wait, the... is he the founding father and the fucking tree? I don't know. Oh, mate, I need to watch this now. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't, uh, I won't. Don't. Yeah. It was... Oh, yeah, it's a very weird film. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it made my brain hurt. I think I watched it too early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you watched it like Yeah, I know. I woke up, I saw the message. I was like, yeah, go on then. But it, to be honest, I was planning to watch films after it and I, it just put me off. I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not watching more films today. That's so funny. Not today, Satan. Yeah, that's a weird film. Yeah, so... proper weird. Oh, God. But um, I guess back to like elite tier films i mean infinity war i'd put civil war up there um yeah. i'd maybe maybe put x-men first class see i was debating 
I I think I would put me personally. I'd put Logan in there, but I was debating about putting First Class in there. I think First Class is really really good. Yeah, I think it's probably the best. So I'd put first... What would you say, Chris? I said I would. I'd put First Class in there. Mm. Yeah. Um, would you put any of the original Spider-Man films in there? I need to rewatch them. I think I'd put number one in there. Mm. Everyone it was, it was that number pretty... two is the best, but I've watched it a few times and I'm like, mm, I don't see it. Mm. Um, what else would you guys put in there? Would you even put Iron Man in there, first Iron Man? I think I'd put the first Iron Man in there. I think I would. I don't know. Yeah, maybe... I don't know. It's... What about the first Avengers? Yeah, yeah, probably. Just for like its impo- like importance. Um, um, Obi, you, you you said you rewatched Ant Man and the Wasp. I did. It See? is the worst film in the MCU. And do you know what? Do you know what? Actually, let, let me rephrase that. It's not the worst. But it is by far my least favourite. By far. So, cut. Okay. After Infinity War. So, this film in real life come out, what, uh, two, three months after Infinity War, I think? Um, so, we've all been left reeling by the fact that half the world's been decimated, Spider-Man's dead, you know, all that crap's going on. And then you get this film, which, in its own right, is fine, but it just kind of, like, obviously reverses back, I don't know, a few weeks before the decimation or whatever it's called happens. And every, you, when I'm watching it, I'm just like, everything in this film that's happening does not matter. Because at the end of the day, Thanos is here and he's killed half the fucking population. So anything that happens in this film is so fucking inconsequential that it, it, it just, it's just, a, for me, it's a waste of two hours, if I'm being deadly honest. And like, obviously, Atman's cool. I like, I like Paul Rudd. Um, Hank Pym's an arsehole. I really don't like him, you know, watching both of these films, both Atman and Atman the Wasp. He's, he's a dickhead. I don't like him. Um, Hope's alright and like they kind of try and recreate some of the stuff that happened in the first film same jokes they give um, Michael Pena his like rambling his whole rambling stuff to do that again and like oh god it's just and the, the villain's rubbish and obviously it's good for like the quantum realm stuff you know that's all that's useful for Endgame but it's just so mediocre and the fact that it's mediocre plus it doesn't matter means that for me it's the worst film in the MCU or at least my least favourite I just ugh. okay but then like you know it, it's like a, a, a antidote to the kind of high tension of Infinity War it's just like a little kind of ugh. aperitif or whatever one is after dinner aperitif I don't yes. know I guess no, and it's just like a little okay keep keep you a little interested in the in the MCU is what's happening ugh. in this part I, I don't. Know. I, I think. I think. Yeah, but they could have probably made. They could have probably brought out an Infinity War DVD. Said to people, "Oh, there's an extended bit here. Done a bit like a 20-30 minute bit with Ant Man explaining the quantum realm, and then just had him appear as an end credit scene as well. That he pops out the. Or he goes into quantum realm. Okay, you're saying this film's inconsequential. Surely Black Widow is going to be as well because she's already dead. It happened between Civil War and Infinity War, I think they said. Mm. So why why are we going to go and watch that film? Because uh, Black Widow's never had a film before. Ant Man already had a film. It's a fan service, isn't it? And it's a, it's 
a fan and fan and super heroines. It, it's a service to the character and to the fans who want to see that character again. And like, if if they was bringing out a Black Widow two, and it was after she died, they'd be like, yeah, fuck this film. But yeah, so yeah, I, I, I'll allow. But it might it, it might be crap to be fair. So <laughs> we don't know. That's still planning to come out this year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, November, I think. I mean, hopefully um, July we can have cinemas back, but it's going to take a while before there'll be full capacity. Just to quickly, also, go on, sorry. Go on. I was going to say, and New Mutants is still planning to come out. <laughs> oh yeah, August apparently. <laughs> no chance. Apparently. Just to quickly um, round off my uh, uh, what's it called Hall of Fame. Um, I put Black Panther in there personally. I love Black Panther. Yeah. Um, he said Infinity War, and I put Endgame in there personally. Obviously, I know Ben, you're not the biggest fan of Endgame, but I love Endgame. I think if you're talking Hall of Fame, I think Black like I didn't enjoy Black Panther nearly as much as most people, but I think personally, it's a Hall of Famer film. Mm. One because of how well it did. Two because of the story it told. And like it was a, a good culturally story. as well. Say so in the same way I voted, I put I said I put Wonder Woman in there. I think Black Panther the same yeah. thing. And I feel like almost Iron Man gets that same respect in the fact that it's like almost the start of the MCU. Mm. And without it, we probably wouldn't have seen such a a mass progression in this MCU taking off. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then I also think, I agree, again, I probably wasn't, I probably, I miles prefer Infinity War to Endgame. But again, such an epic moment, such an epic like, conclusion to a series. I think that does get it up in that, that uh, ranking as well. Regardless if you think it's a good or bad film. Mm-hmm. I would I would, I know you would disagree with this, Obi, but I'll put Dark Knight in there. Oh no, I forgot. I did did I not say Dark Knight? Yeah, no, Dark Knight goes in there. Yeah, yeah. I put- oh, really I thought you were quite down on that film. No, I think I, I think it's a good film. I just don't think it's excellent. I think it's I really enjoy Dark Knight, but I do think I think it's overhyped and I think one of the reasons it's overhyped is because Heath Ledger is dead. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But it's a good film, 100%. Yeah, that definitely goes into all of them. Um, quickly, I just wanted to... Uh, I was reading this article, and it's like 10 superhero movies that define the genre. So I'm going to tell you guys the 10 films, and uh, let's see if you agree or not. Okay. So it's got Superman, 1978. I mean, you, you, I, mean if, I, I don't know if there were any kind of superhero films before that time, so... yeah, It was, if, Batman, if, it was Batman 1966 one. That's the only one I can remember. Is that a film or was that the series with Adam West? I think it was with Adam West in it, but I feel like it was a film. I could be wrong. Okay. I think there was a film and a series. Okay. Um. Oh, sorry. Hold on. So well, after I mean, Superman, that Superman film made so much money, like relative to yeah. Time, so that's probably why you know. Mm-hmm. Um. What else? Batman nineteen eighty nine, which I don't think is that great personally. Not what that great. that? Uh, Jack Nicholson. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, X Men, first X Men. Yeah, yeah, that sort of revived think, it, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. I don't think it gets enough. X Men gets enough credit for, um, like you say, reviving the kind of superhero genre before then. Because yeah. obviously they were still putting out Batman films. Tim Burton was still putting out Batman films, but I don't think anyone really liked them. Oh, <laughs> uh, and also like Batman is like one character as X Men. I, 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 probably the first of like multiple heroes at once 
with like yeah you know, big big budget kind of like wide appeal because you had like yeah I was gonna say you had like quite big actors I mean some of them won Oscars after the first X-Men film but you had like Halle Berry you know um Sirian McKellen um you know Patrick Stewart. Stewart so James Marsden I think was relatively big at that time uh, so you know you got and also I think um the woman who plays Rogue, I think she'd won an Oscar by that point. Is um, it? Yeah, she won. She was quite young when she won an Oscar. Mm, but, uh, yeah, she's been about for ages. She has. Yeah. So, so it was, you know, it had big, big draw for for people. Obviously, you know, the Batman films did have big stars in it as well, like George Clooney, Michelle Pfeiffer, blah blah blah. But yeah, they weren't as well received. Whereas this sort of yeah set the precedence. And then after this, you had obviously you know. Spider-Man, which I think was a couple of years later. Obviously, there was the two sequels to X-Men. Then you had, like, they rebooted Batman, they rebooted Superman, then they started the MCU. So you could argue you wouldn't have had any of those without X-Men. Definitely. Yeah, and also, I think X-Men really well as well in the fact that they, like, made the main point around two characters, essentially, like Wolverine and Rogue, and then it was, like, a bigger universe outside of them. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, uh, two things I was going to say. I think X-Men, I, well, I watched X-Men maybe last year. I think it's aged really well as well. Considering the film's 20 years old, um, I think I still watch it and it's still like, I think it still holds up to what we see today. Yep. Yeah. So you guys agree. Um, and also, I think it was one of the first films to kind of introduce um, a film, a superhero film based on the difference in ideologies as well with... Um, uh, Magneto and um, Jesus, uh, Charles Xavier, and obviously we you move on to films now. Obviously you got Captain America and uh, what's his face? What's his name? Iron Man, fucking hell, <laughs> and <laughs> Killmonger and Black Panther and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think that yeah. um, quite groundbreaking in that way. Um, the next one, Spider Man, two thousand and two, which okay. is a good film, to be honest. Yeah. But what what does it do differently to X Men? Um, I don't know. Let's see what it says. Uh... Um, I don't know. It doesn't really. Someone doesn't really say. It says it changed the game in terms of at being at the box office, um, and that it says it's one of the most influential superhero films ever made. And it gave studios confidence to green like 150 million dollar plus superhero films of their own. Okay, I'm trying to find out what the first X Men film made. The first X Men film cost 75 million and made almost 300. Mm. Um, then X2. Well, did X1 and 2 come out before Spider-Man? Uh, X2 came out after Spider-Man. But oh, that okay. cost $125 million and made 407 mm. And then Last Stand Last cost, Stand. Two, cost 210 and made 460 I was going to say, Last Stand didn't do as well, did it? Yeah, that's not great. So, I, guess, I mean, I guess maybe. But, I mean, I would probably argue that you wouldn't have Spider-Man if X-Men didn't do so well. So, I, I don't know. However, I would probably say that in terms of like a more relatable and well-known superhero, Spider-Man is probably up there in the top tier of being 
elite superheroes, if that if that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe in terms of like the actual uh, popularity of a, of a hero, maybe that's what they're using as well. Yeah. That's fair. Um, so then it moves on to um, <laughs> two films that they think um, change the genre for the worse. <laughs> which is okay. Catwoman and Elektra. Yeah. I've <laughs> not seen either of those, but I know they're shit. Catwoman's bad. I haven't seen Elektra. Catwoman is bad. I can't remember Elektra what happens in it. Because, uh, I I've not seen it, but... Um, yeah, and to be honest, well, it's kind of hard to say, but it probably did set back female-led superhero films quite a bit because they weren't well-received. And it's harsh to say, but it's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it goes, Batman Begins. Why? Which is okay. But I think it's the, I think it's the weakest of the trilogy, personally. I think it's, I really enjoy it. I, I know mm. loads of people hate on it, but I really enjoy it. And it probably does set up for the, well, we wouldn't have Dark Knight without, without it, so... I would maybe yeah I don't know I mean you could argue that Dark Knight's more groundbreaking than Batman Begins purely because it had such a well-rounded villain again you can argue the toss over whether that's more because Heath Ledger died or not but you know um, it certainly propelled you know superhero films to be taken seriously in the Oscars um, mm. and you know it was it was a well-crafted I think it's a really well-crafted film. Um, mm. So I mean I don't know whether you would say Batman. You can't just say if a, a fi- the first film in a series is the this, groundbreaking. This is, one. This, this is what I was going to say. Is this list got any prequel or sequels? And also, you know, you're saying about the Oscars. Did any of these films get nominated for Oscars prior to Dark Knight? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't um, think so. I'm trying to think. So. Maybe. I'm wondering if the Batman one would have, I'm not sure, from 89. But uh, to quickly answer your guys' question, The Dark Knight is also on this list. <laughs> After, okay. um, Batman Begins. Um, I mean, the 89 film won an Oscar for Best Art Direction, but, you know, these sorts of effects-heavy films tend to kind of do well. Like, Transformers has got, like, four Oscars for CGI. Oh, so, yeah. so, you know, they don't really count. But... um. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say Batman Begins, but Dark Knight, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, then it says Iron Man, 2008. Obviously, we know that changed the game in terms of MCU, so I would agree with that. Yeah, did, I don't know if you know much about the history of Marvel Studios, but um, they they originally were kind of they'd obviously sold a lot of their rights to like the biggest superhero franchises because they weren't they were struggling, um, and then. They were given, I think it was 150 million. No, they were given like 400 million to produce like three films. Um, And if they were to do well, they would get money for others. So, like the first few MCU films were distributed by other companies. So, like, yeah, so Iron Man is distributed by Paramount. But so they made Iron Man for 140 million and it made 585 million. So Mm. they already made back what they had been given to make the other films and it was because of that the money they made off of this and then like future films i mean hulk didn't really do very well but that allowed them to then start distributing it themselves um mm. and like to set up marvel studios so you literally would not have the mcu without the success of iron man mm. 
Deserved. Good film. Really good film. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's got The Avengers, the first Avengers. Woo! Yeah. Which is just iconic. Yeah. I I'll never, I'll, I'll never stop waxing lyrical about that film. I'll, I actually love it to bits. Right, let's get uh, some trauma. Woo! <laughs> trauma. Um, also, there was one thing, sorry, quickly, just um, thinking about it. When I watched Avengers for the, um, for the however many, like the eighth time, um, there was one bit, you know when Loki comes to Germany um, and he's like telling everyone to like kneel in front of him kind of thing. Yeah, and then yeah. you got that old German man who was like, "Not to men like you," and then Loki says, "There are no men like me," and then the guy says, "There are always men like you," and obviously that's a callback to like, obviously like, con- I'm assuming concentration camp Hitler, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, I feel like when I first when I first watched Avengers, I never really, I didn't, never, I never really took that in. Do you know what I mean? I watched it like re- when I did my MC rewatch, watching that, and I was like, right, that's actually like a really powerful line, and like. I don't know. I don't know. It just like I, I think, was like proper like I probably like appreciated it, and it was you know it was just weird for me. Um, I think but yeah, there's a lot of like adult content in films that like obviously we don't notice until we get older and re- like appreciate it. Mm. It's like, uh, what was it I was watching? Ugh. Something that was proper political, and like when I was younger, I just didn't I didn't give a shit about it. But now it make it's a makes for a better film. Like, I can't remember anyway. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, man. I just uh, that film's great. Um, then it's got Deadpool. Which, yeah. yeah. I mean, I suppose R-rated films, I guess. That's but, true. That's a good point. You know, yeah, it was it was the highest grossing R-rated, wasn't it? Until uh, thingy. Until Joker. Joker. Yeah. Because if that's in there, does that therefore mean that Joker should not? Well, I'll see if it's in there first. Carry on. Sorry. Well. Uh, this was done, I think, in May 2019, so I imagine Joker's not in there. Um, what comes after that? Oh, I think that's it. That's it. About 10? So, did you say Infinity War? No. You, I, would, I would argue that Infinity War should be there. You mm. know, first time, like, a villain actually wins, like, all of those big characters crossover. Um, that's a huge feat. Question is, um, then, is there any that you would take out to then put that one in? I mean, I've, yeah, Batman Begins, no. Mm. Sure, yeah. I would argue that you'd take out Dark Knight and put it in. Yeah, because there yeah. is a Dark Knight without Batman Begins. Yeah, 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 that's true. Um, I think other ones that you can consider, like whether they're groundbreaking or not, I don't know. Um, I don't know which one came first. Um, I'm trying to find it. Sorry, March. Hi, we might know. Um, so I would actually, yeah. So this one precedes the other one by like a month. But whilst it's not a great film, I think Batman vs Superman was like uh, important in the sense that you had two heroes who were mm. like on opposite sides, and it does actually precede Civil War by a month. So wow. um, again, I don't know which one was in production first, but you could put either one of them in there. You know, like two massive superheroes fighting off against each other. I think that's, mm. like, a real important, um, you know... See, if they'd done that film more. better, it would have been more iconic and would have been in that list. But because they didn't execute it as well as they could have done... Yeah. Does it therefore go in that list? It doesn't matter if it, it predates the other one. 
because yeah. one did it better than the other. Yeah. And also, the films that are, like, groundbreaking don't actually have to be good, you know. Mm. It's mm. just they're important for some reason. Like, you know, Wonder Woman is really important for, like, female representation in superheroes. Black Panther, and these are both good films, but Black Panther is important for, like, you know, uh, ethnic minority superhero. Shang-Chi will be the same for, like, Asian representation. Um, you know, when we've got the first LGBT superhero, like, that will be important so yeah i think those sorts of ones will, will definitely be included mm. are there any others that are like missing that you guys think uh i think you know it i mean if you're going to be real technical i guess you could say one the first one that goes to outer space and so maybe guardians as well but i wouldn't necessarily i wouldn't personally put that in a list no, I wouldn't either, only because there's loads of films that go to that, I suppose. Yeah, Superman goes to that space, doesn't they? Oh, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good for tree representation, but... <laughs> other than that... Oh, in, in either of the films did you watch, did Superman go round the Earth? Yeah, yeah and... the first one. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah, oh, thanks for reminding me, Chris. For the first time, innit? Yes. So, in the first one, basically, um, he... Uh, Lex Luthor has set off some like nuclear war- nuclear bombs or nuclear warheads, whatever. Um, he man- Superman manages to stop both of them, but the second one still causes um, is about to cause a I think a city to flood, pretty much, and he has to stop the flood. But the, at that same time, um, Lois Lane gets caught um, in the aftermath of an earthquake, basically, and she dies. Right, and Superman's not doesn't get there quickly enough to save her. Um, so then he gets super angry, screams, um, flies up to outer space and runs so fast around the Earth that he reverses time. My, my quarrel with that is, is that obviously he, in the originally, he um, saves the, the town from flooding, then just doesn't get to Lois Lane quickly enough in time. He reverses time and they just show him getting to Lois Lane and saving her, but then they don't show him getting to the town or anything so now in my mind i'm thinking okay so did the town just flood and everyone died yeah wow. <laughs> they don't explain that at all so that, that was annoying also question if the if the earth did go backwards would we all go backwards or is it just uh... <laughs> time is a concept we've introduced we have said, was... we've, we've said we go the sun does this that's one day so if the earth started going backwards dude i was joking i was joking i wasn't being serious <laughs> Oh, sorry. No science. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that was pretty cool, though. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I think Qu- quickly. Sorry. Um, just wanted to shout out a couple of TV shows as well, if I can. You know, yeah. all the fame TV shows. Sorry. That's all right. Yeah. Go for it. Um, so I'm not. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I don't really think I could do shows in their entirety <laughs> because. Some of them are a bit, a bit wonky, so I'll just do seasons. So for me, Arrow season one, season two, season five, for me, we're going to Hall of Fame. Flash season one and season two, we're going to Hall of Fame. And Watchmen, I suppose that's only one season anyway. So I suppose Watchmen's entire series, I would put into Hall of Fame. Would you put the boys in there? All the boys. Oh, do you know what? I would because in it's my eyes, boys was quite, um, I suppose, not groundbreaking, but so out there and so different to what we're used to seeing that I think, yeah, it deserves to go into a... 
Yeah. Oh, no Daredevil, no Punisher, no Luke Cage. Uh, no, nah, nah, nah. No, <laughs> no Shield, no Agent Carter, no... No, to us, Agents of the Shield is actually sick, but I'm not going to lie. Agents of Shield is very... Cons- Agents of the Shield is like natural Montreal. Very consistent. <laughs> very... Consistent, uh, yeah. Very reliable, but he's not going to be a... He's, not, he's never going to be a Roberto Carlos, do you know what I mean? Or he's not gonna, yeah, they ain't like, a worldie. Not, yeah, he's not a worldie, and he's not like... And he's not like he's no like um Armand Traore, but he's he's always <laughs> he's always solid. Yeah, it's dependable, reliable. I can just stick it on, watch it. The episode's going to be decent, at least at minimum, it's going to be decent. So yeah. Right. Um, just quickly, I keep hearing that the Guardians are going to be in Thor four. Is that confirmed? Do you know? I have not seen anything about it. I don't know. I think that they're going to come in at the end. And then that's going to lead to Guardians Three, where Four is in Guardians Three. Okay. I thought he ran, didn't he run off with them after the Avengers? Yeah. So what happens for them to be apart? Then till now. Well, so it must happen because um, Natalie Portman comes forward, doesn't she? That's a great point. Yeah. I don't know. I, I want to see them together though. Yeah, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Well. Is it going to be normal? Is it going to be skinny four? Is it going to be? Drinking beer for. Dad I imagine he'll be skinny by then. I relate to Dad Bod for more than I do to. Uh, <laughs> Mate, that weren't Dad Bod. That was something else. Yeah, that was a little bit, a bit excessive. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite there yet. But um, yeah, as long as Korg's in it, I don't mind. Um, well, that concludes our superhero chat. Um. As usual, you can let us know if we've forgotten any major people. Uh, we didn't really focus on actors or directors because I think it's more like superheroes is more like the story and the effects and stuff. I, I think. Personally. Quickly, quickly though, if you had to put three actors in a hall of fame, go on. Just Robert Downey quickly. Jr. Yep. Uh... Eve Ledger. I was thinking that, but again, like we've said, is it just because? Well, uh, I don't get me wrong. Performance is fantastic. Yeah, I'd say Heath Ledger, and <laughs> this is a proper curveball, but I really like his character. Is um, uh, who who plays J. Jonah Jameson? <laughs> oh, um, oh, what's that guy's name? I don't know, but yeah, I, yeah. I really like him. I yeah. know he's only a minor character, but. Uh, voice by J.K. Simmons. That's it. J.K. Simmons. Nah, mate. It's got to be Hall of Famers. Toby Maguire. Uh. That's it, mate. <laughs> 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 I would have... Yeah, I'd agree with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, um, I mean, to be fair, I probably would put Oh, actually. Actors, My debate is whether, you'd, whether I'd put Heath Ledger in it or the new Joker. You can yeah, I'd put both in there, I think. But you said you can only have three. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can pick, you can pick them off if you want. This isn't strict. <laughs> Anyone put in Paul Bettany for... Um, oh, fuck off. No, 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 no. He is probably my hate, my most hated character in all the MCU. I can't I stand. 
Chris Hemsworth in there. Mm. He's done several different roles within his full role. That's true. That's true. But then if I put him in there, then I've got to put Chris Evans. I need to be fair and have the Damn trio. Straight. So. Damn straight, you do. <laughs> nah. Goddamn right. Um, I'm, oh, Hugh Jackman. I'm going to forget. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, good shout. He gets the death from me. Um, that's probably it, to be fair. No no women. Aye. Or Mike. Well, I was going to say Halle Berry, but... Oh, God. That shows their underrepresentation, though, doesn't it, really? That's true. Um, yeah. All right. Well, what, what topic do you want to talk about next time? Do you have any ideas, or should we just... just oh. What's that, Chris? No. Well, maybe we should all watch the same film. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, or, the, or the same trilogy of film or something. So then we... Yeah, I don't know. What film? I don't know. Well, there's uh, a few films coming out on Netflix which look all right, like Spike Lee's The Five Bloods, um, and then there's another one called The Last Days of American Crime. They both. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just do DCA. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just do deep dives on those, but uh, well, we'll discuss that. So uh, yeah, let us know if we've missed any or, films. Or let's rewatch Will Smith films. <laughs> Oh, I'm up for that. I'm up for that. <laughs> I literally like I literally turned around in my chair and the first film I saw was iRobot and I was thinking, alright, oh, yeah, iRobot is sick. I love iRobot. You right, right next to iRobot is I am legend. I was like, hey, here we go. Boy. What about Will Smith sci-fi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> alright. Well, tweet us at YC Podcast 17 and we're on everything else under your average critics. Um, peace. peace. Oh. Adios.